Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I'm Josh. I am Jimmy. And we are excited to have Dan Thomas on the show today. Dan, thanks for being on. For sure. Great to be there in voice. (laughs) (laughs) Dan is the director of Timberline Lodge there in Winter Park, Colorado. It is a Bible school discipleship program, primarily for young adults, but it's also a part of a larger ministry that's called Torch Bears International. First of all, let's start kind of 10,000-foot view. What is the heart behind and the intention behind Torch Bears? Yeah, you know, I think at the, the base level or 1,000-foot view, um, it's to communicate the reality of, of Christ, that He's alive. He's not on the cross. He's not, you know, stuck in some church somewhere. Um, and and really wanting the church to live out uh, the reality of his presence, his um, present reality in our lives, and uh, and encourage, you know, the youth, like you said, the young adults, to recognize how crazy that is uh, that that God lives in us, with us, and uh, wants to to direct us. I tell you, there, we've had, you know, of course, gosh, I think we're approaching our 200th show, right? Something like that. Which means we would be approaching our 100th guest, since we do a guest and a content every week. Yes, yep. I don't know that we've ever had a guest that was sitting in a car, and outside of his car, it was 10 degrees. You could literally <laughs> lose your life if you stepped outside your car and you're you're doing this for us and I, we can't believe how nice this is of you. Well, I'm not outside the car which would be bad. <laughs> the car's warm right now. Very nice. Listen, you do work with a young adult population. And uh, we were talking before we went on about, you know, they're there from September to what is it, May or March or whatever. So, you are with young adults. Young adults have have sort of been a large part of your life in ministry. Having spent so much time with this group, what do you see as some of the trends that you're seeing in the hearts and the minds and the spirits of those kids that are 18 to 21 to 3? You know, I think I mean, there's, I guess there's the, the standard things that we think about, you know, <laughs> often um, the, maybe the negative ones, distracted, noncommittal, um, you know, glued to their devices and, and all those things that kind of are what hit you right on the surface. But um, I, I think what we've seen is a longing for, for something that's more um, real and exciting and kind of engaging than what maybe, especially in the Christian realm of things, than what potentially they saw growing up. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, I think there's the absolute truth of, of they, you know, there's a tendency and, and, and I fall into this. I've got teen kids, you know, being um, 
pretty distracted, but man, when they get excited about something, uh, just such passion and, mm. and commitment to what they're excited about. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one of many, I think many trends we've seen. So the imp- implication, if, if they're wanting, if they're longing for engagement, you know, something that's exciting, if, if we as parents, while they're still in our home, if we offer them just kind of same old, same old, no wonder so many are, are leaving the faith. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. And, and it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty, um, what's the right word? They're good at decoding uh, facades. I mean, that's, that's yeah. life, right? The media world they're in, uh, being able to pick through what's just a front and what's just words. And so I, I think what, what we see is that it's not just that they need to hear something exciting and, and hear, you know, again, the Christian life is, is really the heart of what we want to dig through with these students, but they see really quickly, you can talk about it with all the excitement in the world, but I think can understand and tell pretty quickly if it really means something to you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think about that with my, with my own kids. Um, I can, you know, I can spin all day how great it is. And, uh, but they, they're the ones who see me walk the day and, and walk out. Okay. Do I really, you know, think this is real and Perfect. live as if God's alive? Well, I mean, you're you're sort of ref- reflecting what Brennan Manning was famous for saying, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but the single biggest cause of atheism in the world is Christians who profess Jesus with their mouths at church, and then they leave the church, and they deny him with their lifestyles. And, you know, he said, uh, what is it? Uh, that's something that an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And when we see so many of these kids, I mean, in this generation, just just fleeing the church, like rats off a sinking ship, so much of it is they don't see it. They don't see an authenticity to those people who are professing to believe. In some ways, it's not new. I mean, Brandon Manning's been around for a while. My my grandfather, who started Torchbearers, he used to always say this. It was one of the, the quotes that has always kind of just been etched in my mind, kind of going along with the same thoughts as Brennan. He'd say, too often we're professing Christians, but practicing atheists. Yes. And uh, and every time I think about that, it kind of just is like a kick to my gut. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was me a few minutes ago, <laughs> you know? You mentioned, you know, they want engagement. They want something uh, real, authentic, exciting. I feel like my, my mind and a lot of parents, well, okay, let's, let's serve more, let's soup kitchen it up, and let's project Christmas box, and let's short-term mission trip— I don't almost. I don't necessarily hear you saying let's do more th- exciting things. They want engagement with authentic Christian parents. I mean, I think it comes to the 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 point of, all right, God's real or not? Like, is is His Spirit alive and in me or not? Is you know His indwelling life, this Christ in you, is your hope of glory? Uh, is that real? or not. And it, you know, you can go soup kitchens and, and nursing homes and missions trips. And I mean, people do that without any faith background that that Correct. doesn't make something real. And I think that's the challenge that, and, and I say this not as somebody who's kind of, Hey, yeah, I've passed that. I'm on to the new things. <laughs> like the daily challenge for all of us is, am I willing to step out and trust that what 
I proclaim is true is actually true. And, and I think, like you said, that's when I think of an engaging, am I engaging my kids? Am I engaging in the house? Some of it, sure, it might be going on a missions trip. It might be a soup kitchen, but only because that creates a context. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably it's that, you know, what is it like walking through daily life? What is it like when we, you know, I just blew up at my kids and blew off my wife and, you know, am, am, am failing as a dad and a husband. How do I respond to a living God in my life? Uh, in front of my kids, in front of my wife, with them, yeah. So for you to have this this ministry to, you know, to high school graduates, basically through kind of, you know, their sort of college years, if they're there, they have chosen not to just go enroll and in the college of their choice and, and move on toward that bachelor's degree. And so a lot of people would say, well, gosh, what they're doing is they're taking a gap year. There was a day when a gap year was, I'm just going to go work in the oil field, or you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm getting out of college and I'm going to work. Now there seems to be in a lot of people, and it's not necessarily a failure to launch situation, but as a family and at, with this kid, they decide on a purposeful gap year. How have you seen? Because a lot of parents, when a kid says, you know, I'm thinking about taking a gap year. They just immediately start, you know, taking Xanax because they they failed as a parent. <laughs> what is the advantage? What have you seen as sort of an advantage of a child? Not because of bad grades or whatever, but just stepping out and saying, "I'm going to take a gap year before moving on." Yeah, you know, I, I think first of all, I'd say it's not for everybody. I, I think it could be for everybody, but uh, some students. We have students who take a, a break in the middle of their college years. We have students who come after college. In fact, somebody told me the other day, they're like, how much do you recruit college students? And I'm like, not so much. And they're like, isn't that the new gap year, the after college gap year? And I'm like, wow, that's a new world for me, but maybe, you know, I, I think at, at the base, it's, you know, I, I love the idea of, hey, keep moving. Like, like, don't get stuck. Don't, you know, get bogged down. And I see that with students and, and, and kids who get, you know, even a job, they get a job and they get kind of stuck in their job and they're not used to doing math and, and English. And, you know, they just get stuck in a small town. I love grown up in small towns. Um, and, and so I think there's, there is that like value in saying, Hey, keep moving. Like, like don't get stuck. Um, at the same time, I think we have to ask ourselves the question, what's at the heart of that moving forward? Because mm-hmm. we all know that being successful, <laughs> making it through college, getting a great job, you know, probably in those, uh, you know, what, five to, to seven years of life after high school, you're going to make some of the biggest decisions that you'll ever make, who you're going to marry, what kind of relationships you're going to have with the opposite sex, where you're going to go to school, what career you're going to take. And so, you know, obviously the idea is, yeah, we hope they've been prepped to leave high school and dive into that. And I think many parents have. Um, But I think the question is, is the student ready? As a family, as a parent, we may have done everything we knew to do. Um, But I think what we've seen is students taking a year, especially if they're able to either defer scholarships or have a plan for afterwards, or maybe they don't even know what they want to do we've found it's given them a central kind of um, 
stability marker in their life outside of the home? Because that's the thing is that they've had this, not a false sense of security. It's just been the security of family. And as soon as they leave and and enter college and and all the concepts and ideas, if if their faith isn't their grounding point and and the reality of of God in their lives, um, man, then it's such a scary ride. So what you're saying is that their relationship with Christ is even more important than being on the A honor roll. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We pick on young adults for gap years and failure to launch and just checking out of life. But the heart behind that's been there, well, I don't know, but for centuries with midlife crisis. People will check out, maybe not quit work, but have affairs and other things midlife. And then John Mayer in the 90s, you know, coined the term quarter life crisis at 25. But now we're seeing potentially even younger. There's a lot behind this overwhelmed feeling. I have a lot more questions than answers. I've got to check out. Why do we why do we think that we might be seeing that earlier now? Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, what are the whys? I don't know. Um, maybe some of them we could pick through, but I think most people in my realm, I, so I grew up at a school like this. I grew up in Estes Park, which is across the mountains from where I am now. Um and as a kid, I grew up seeing these college students come through a similar program, and I'd, I'd hear the conversations with my parents. And as I grew older, I actually went through a program like this. And so it was kind of interesting kind of seeing it from all these different eras. Mm-hmm. But the, the what students are coming to the table with as an 18-year-old now is at times seems night and day different from yep. what it was in the nineties. And, and even talking to my dad, who was a, a big part of the ministry back then. And, and he'll tell me, he'll say, students used to come to Bible school and it was their chance to get away and to explore and to try things. And they'd, you know, struggle with doing drugs for the first time, or somebody would sneak out and, and have a drink for the first time. We have, some, there's years where our students come and I can't believe no nobody's trying things for the first time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's reserved for junior high. Yes, exactly. And and again, I don't want to overstate it. There's a lot of great students who on both sides, but some who've never gone there. But more and more we have the amount of abuse, the amount of um of hurt and stress, mm-hmm. the amount of uh, you know, sexual activity and drug activity that we see in good, solid Christian home kids is crazy. They're looking for answers to the hurt in their life now, rather than saying, Hey, let me explore some things because I'm finally out of the house. And so that's another question of what happens in the past. It was you, you launch them off to college and Ooh, they're trying these things. They're out of your care. I think now it's compounded because you're launching them off to college sometimes. And there is so much hurt and pain and baggage that Mm -hmm. they're looking for answers to, which really only is going to be answered in Christ long-term. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's one of the things that I think a gap year that's intentional can do is say, Hey, before you jump into the next thing and just pile some more stuff on top of that pain and that hurt and that confusion, let's, let's pick through that a little bit, because often the answers to those questions are much more simple than we think we've just kept letting them pile up. During the eight months or however long that they are there, how do you guys handle electronics, smartphones, and social media with these young adults? 
Yeah. Well, we live up in the mountains where none of that stuff works. No, I'm just kidding. Honestly, the reason I'm in the car, I told you guys, is that our internet's not amazing back where uh, our our school is. Um, and it is a blessing. I mean, it, it still can pick some stuff up, but it's it's not as fast. You're not getting like 30 or 60. You know? So are these kids basically unplugged for this time? Not at all. No, no. And we've wrestled through that. We've talked through, hey, should we unplug? And I think there's a real value to that to say, you know what? Sometimes we need a fast and we might do a week like that. But our philosophy has been more in terms of leading, leaning into the reality. Again, right, right. our whole mantra is that Christ is alive. Like he's real. He's in you. And so we, part of what we want to communicate is you need to learn to listen to him. You need, you need to learn with those things in front of you to, to monitor that or to listen to, you know, whether it's your, your phone or whether it's snowboarding, you know, whatever it might be that you're making an idol or a, um, too much of an obsession in your life. And so we've gone the route. I mean, we, we try to take some basic precautions. We, our internet kicks off at midnight because we're like, you know what? There's not a lot of good reasons, but that doesn't matter anymore. We've got a smartphone. So, you know, mm-hmm. Part of it is technology stolen away from us, our ability to, mm-hmm. to manage people. But what a great gift is in reality, because the Christian world has kind of gotten obsessed with self-management. And I don't think the Bible ever communicates the answer to the Christian life is self-management. You know, it's, it's God management. And yeah. so it's self-denial. that's what we've really tried to, to talk and, and, and work into our students' lives to be able to think in terms of how are you allowing, you know, God, his word, his spirit in you um, to have a place in those <clears throat> realms. We've talked a lot about young adults specifically, potentially even how to parent them now that they're still in your home. All of this surrounds torchbearers, the parent company, these Bible schools, conferences, really this overall discipleship program. You specifically are the director of Timberline Lodge. Where can they go to find more information about your particular Bible school? Yeah, so, you know, two routes. One would be just TimberlineLodge.org. That's kind of the direct route um, to us. But I also would encourage anybody who's going to look into Timberline to check out torchbears.org, which will give you a, a larger spectrum. You can find Timberline on there. If you look at kind of the centers and locations, it's real easy. But there's tons of great stuff. And and, and not every student wants to live in, neg- in 10 degree snowy Colorado. <laughs> you know, sure. we do a lot of outdoor activities. That's not for everybody. Somebody else might want to be in Australia or New Zealand or you know, the cultural, you know, Germany, Europe. Um, And, and again, we want to encourage personal passions. If somebody likes the mountains and skiing, yeah, come to the mountains, enjoy God and learn about him in the context that you enjoy. Um, Or if you like culture, go to Germany, go to, you know, wherever that might be. Um, You have a heart for missions do Bible school in Albania or, you know, so I would say those two torchbears.org, timberlinelodge.org are great launching points. Such an incredible ministry. You mentioned that it also serves kids and adults, but specifically with this young adult population, such an incredible ministry that they can step out of their home or you know, take a year in college or right after where they can have 
a year, you know, eight months of their life that they can look back on and that they were not only totally devoted to Christ during that time, but learned how to then do that for the rest of their lives, that Christ, they learned how to have him come alive in their own lives. Uh, such an incredible ministry. We thank you so much, Dan, for Dan, being on really the show. Dan, we really do appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, for sure. Thanks for having me. Wish you the best. Stay warm. Uh, yeah, you guys too. You're probably like boiling down there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Timberland Lodge. Timberline. Timberline. He corrected me, and I got it right the whole time with yes, that you did. time. I was impressed. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I do. I pick on young adults that they can't just either go to college or go get a job, but humanity with the midlife crisis, right? Mm -hmm. We've been struggling with, I got more que answer or questions than answers. Mm -hmm. I, I want to check out. And so this is what they're dealing with at 18 to 22 now is not new. Right. And that they can have a program to go to this and others like it, a program to go to, to go, here are your answers. Mm -hmm. And here's how you incorporate a, a risen, alive Christ within your life on a daily basis. I think and again, that's great. We alluded to earlier, a lot of times parents see a gap year as equivalent to failure launch. There's something wrong with my child if he is not ready to declare a major when he's in second grade. <laughs> and, you know, he's already pre-accepted to Rice. So to be able to, to take a kid and say, you know what, there is nothing wrong with saying, okay, I want to go to a place that's going to be, be devoted to me settling in my mind. Who am I in Christ? Where does Christ have me in this world? And to do what? You know, I think sometimes in our push to graduate and go to college, by default, we're seeing that education and the job that education will provide as our main reason for existing in the world. If someone asks, hey, you know, especially guys, first thing is, what do you do? Our occupation, our income becomes part and parcel with who we are. And so to, to, to offer this as, as an option for your graduating senior. It's not an admission of they're not mature enough or they can't handle it or they wouldn't cut the grades. It's just a matter of let's just do a deep knee bend and a priority check and uh, have them focus on their relationship with Christ for a year and now then with some perspective move forward. If you want more information about them, obviously it's torchbears.org. It's also timberlinelodge.org. Timberland. Org. Lodge. We'll also have the links on our show notes at paradoxpodcast.com. You can find this show as well as previous ones. You can also, I just hear Billy cueing the music in the background. Do mm -hmm. you hear that? Oh, yeah. Dun, 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 it's good. Dun, dun. You can also find us on our socials there. We appreciate you listening. We hope you're sharing the show as well as reviewing it. We appreciate you. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Mm -hmm.